deck. What's this? It's the New Balance Sebastian. Do you like it? Sebastian. It's the record we've been listening to and enjoying, Barry. Well, that's unfortunate because it sucks ass. Yours, I assume? You mean Will Smith was pregnant and they had to get around it by having him sit throughout the entire movie so we didn't see his pregnant belly? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Film Find. I am your host, Adam Portress, and uh, the Film Find. Now, I, I've made up some. Uh, I've, I've started like a little guerrilla marketing campaign. I made up some flyers and stuff. So, uh, for the foreseeable future, our uh, our tagline is going to be uh, the best movie podcast ever. Assuming you've never listened to any other movie podcast before. So, well, welcome to the Film Find, the best movie podcast ever. And we're just going to the asterisk will be implied. Uh, I am here with, as always, Matt Smith, and we are going to be reviewing a movie today uh, from a director who has had <clears throat> such very high highs and very low lows. Has he redeemed himself with his brand new movie, which he actually, this is the first M. Night Shyamalan movie that hasn't been uh, written by M. Night Shyamalan in uh, quite some time, so uh, or or ever. I don't think he, I even think his earlier films. I think everything he's done uh, has been written by him. So uh, his first uh, outing going with somebody else, and uh, so we're going to be talking about the new uh, M Night Shyamalan Will Smith Jaden Smith joint After Earth. Um, After Earth did not exactly make a giant uh, splash at the box office oh. this week. <laughs> Opened at number three. That's pretty sad. When uh, when a movie like um, now you see me, which you know. Let, let's be honest. I mean, it's got good people in it, but there's no one that's like that. That that is a bankable star, for the most part. I mean, you, you know, it's got Zuckerberg. Yeah, it's got Zucker. <laughs> it's got Mark Zuckerberg in it. It's got uh, you know. I mean, Michael Caine and uh, and and Morgan Freeman are in it, but like you know, they're not starring roles in it. And you know, nobody's going. Ooh, uh, you know, let's all go see the new you know, Mark Ruffalo movie. <laughs> no one's doing that. <laughs> But uh, and it's the, and it still opened up better than After Earth, and so uh, we're going to be talking about After Earth, and we're also going to we're going to go into a little bit about uh, M Night Shyamalan and you know what this possibly means for his career. Uh, kind of track we're going to track over his career and talk about that a little bit, uh, where he's been and where he's going to go from here. 
can he go somewhere from here? That's that's another uh, interesting question uh, that we're going to be posing today. Uh, but first, we're going to take a little break, and then we're going to come back, do some What You've Been Watching, and then we're just going to jump right into this. So uh, it's not going to be a super, super long episode today, but uh, certainly an interesting one uh as as far as you know examining the career of a filmmaker and uh uh i th- i think you guys are going to after earth buddy <laughs> what can i say all right so we're going to take a little break and uh we're going to come back do some what you've been watching stay tuned Welcome back. We are going to get into a little bit of what you've been watching. Uh, I haven't had a whole lot of time uh, getting married this weekend, so uh, but do not worry. I'm going to try. I, I can't 110% guarantee it, but I'm going to try my damnedest to get a Film Find uh, podcast up to you guys this weekend while I am on my honeymoon. That is, that is I, I'm going to I'm going to try, but uh, if I got to send something to Matt and have him upload it or something, we'll figure something out but uh we're definitely going to be seeing movies on our honeymoon so uh laura and i will be getting married oh and that's sweet everybody uh but mm. no oh isn't it nice um but yeah so actually so the last last week i uh i, I i've seen two movies i went to the theater and uh got to see a little movie called fast and furious seven or the fast furious seven or fat or furious six. six depending upon how you look at the most uh complicated naming scheme in movie history i believe think yeah, the, is there one that's the, uh, tougher i don't know that but, doesn't go uh, by any was, sort of particular nomenclature i found it very curious when uh the during the title sequence that when the title actually came up it just said furious six yeah just furious six yeah six fast six furious fast six can i tell you though that out of out of that whole uh convoluted scheme um the fourth one was the one that pissed me off because it was just fast and furious was the name right yeah. there was so it had gone like the fast and furious and then um, too fast too furious too fast too furious then tokyo drift and then it was fast and furious with no these yeah um and i was just infuriated that it was not uh, fast and four years, like fast, with a yeah. four. I wanted it to have the numerical designation as part of the like name again. Yeah, to, and then it's like then we're just going to jump up to. Was it technically called Fast and Furious Five? But it was, I think it was just called Fast, fast five. five. Yeah, fast five. there's yeah, no this, other series that comes even close to having this yeah. kind of ridiculous naming scheme and just going. What are we even talking about? What, but it's it's interesting at the same time because you know that people know what the fuck it is, and yeah. there's there's something special about that to where you just go fast, like you know which one you're talking about. You know when you say Fast and Furious that you're talking about the Fast and the Furious Part Four, essentially. 
And some something special about that. Justin Lin's he's he's on to something that that guy even though yeah. he's out after this one. Um this one um Furious 6 as the title card calls it um it was okay. I I really I thought um I thought Fast and Furious 4 is so and I'm I'm just going to refer to him like I don't, I don't give a fuck. Fast the fourth one to me was so terrible it was fun. It was mm-hmm. there's a lot of like really horrible just just cheesy ass moments in there and things that are like absolutely ridiculous. Like the biggest laugh that I had and like I laughed out loud in the theater and it's it's not even supposed to be funny at all. But uh, at some point in that film, Vin Diesel is threatening a guy. He throws them up against the hood of a car, and there's an engine on a chain. He, like, drops the engine, so the engine starts falling down. Before the engine gets to this guy, Vin Diesel grabs the chain and stops the engine from crushing this guy. There's no fucking way that is possible. No way. He's pretty buff. He's a. I don't give a shit if he's the Terminator. That doesn't happen. That is an impossible fucking ability. Okay. Even if you got a pretty lightweight engine and it's falling at that kind of rate, and you just grab that chain, your arm. If you if your feet are nailed to the floor, your arm is coming out of its socket. <laughs> that's not going to happen. But so look, there's just shit like that that's like so hilariously funny. At some point, Paul Walker slams a dude's face up into like this fucking marble, you know, wall. This this guy's just not getting a broken nose. He's dead. You are dead if your if your face is slammed into a marble wall that fucking hard. No way you're alive. Or you you're not standing up after it. I'll tell you that going, "Oh my nose." No. You're you're impaired beyond belief if not dead. But it's so much that one's so much fun to uh, you know, just laugh at because it was stupid. I genuinely did like Fast 5 though. That was, I think, the addition to having The Rock in there really amped that movie up and brought it to just so much fun. And, uh, to, you know, and to have a guy who actually has charisma and acting chops thrown into a bunch of, you know, essentially, you know, good-looking dudes who can't act for shit, you know, was was a nice change for the, uh, for the role. Yeah. And, uh, but I gotta say, Fast Six, I was looking forward to, or Fast, Fast, yeah, Fast Furious, see? Whatever. Number six. Number six. Um, I I was really looking forward to it, and, uh, I I liked it for the most part, but overall, I, I didn't have, it didn't feel like it had that magic that, uh, that five did. Um, I think the the ending scene was a little overlong and a little bit kind of out there. The set pieces were good, but not fantastic overall. Though, you know, it's an okay addition into the into the franchise, even though with the ridiculous leaps and bounds that the actual story takes. And but I mean, some of that is obviously forgivable because it is this film. You know, Paul Walker at some point goes into jail and then is so easily taken out of it. Within a day. He only has like 24 hours. Yeah, to learn. It's like, and there's no reasoning as to why any of this happens. It's just like, hey, I'm pulling a favor. You're pulling a favor to just get in jail for 24 hours and then, you know, you beat the shit out of a bunch of dudes. And then, well, we're just letting him go now. I, yeah. I, you know, there's there's yeah. no logic or anything behind this, and I suppose it's you know, it seems like that's I, I don't know if that's on purpose or not. I bet that it is though. 
do you think that some of what this is missing, right? Like what, what I think that the sixth film is missing is what made the fifth one good in my opinion, or at least like thoroughly entertaining was that adversarial nature to the relationship that the rock and Vin Diesel had. Yeah. And having them be on the same side, even against other bad dudes, uh, just didn't work as well. I don't think. No, you, you got a good point there. It is that kind of, there's somebody against you. That's almost as good. That's like, you know, kind of on your level as it were. Mm-hmm. And and this the villain, while you know good, he doesn't really have that much of a personality. You don't see too much from him. I mean, he's he seems like a, you know a cool guy, kind of menacing, and you know his plan and everything is nothing you know too spectacular. It's 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 literally just a MacGuffin kind of thing. And um, but that's that's about it. And you yeah. know, like I said, the set pieces in it are great, and there are some of the. Uh, I, I think I think a couple of members of this uh, of this uh, group, if we're gonna you know pretend that this is kind of a real life thing, are a couple of the most bravest motherfuckers on the entire face of planet Earth. The yeah. Rock at some point gets out and just gets out of this truck and says, "I'm going to jump on top of this moving vehicle from one bridge to another with almost zero hesitation." Mm-hmm. Like he just knows. This is what's going to happen. This is what I'm going to do. It's how it's going to happen. And just blindly jumps off of this bridge down to another bridge and on top of a car. And I'm like, you were the bravest soul that has ever walked the face of this earth. And then Diesel's jumping. There's some very, like, some physicality in this. Some, Who was it that, that Vin so Diesel catches? Yeah, like, he, he catches. The, uh, there's like a freeway chase. Yeah, Michelle and he Rodriguez. Jumps between freeways. Between freeways. All, in all, the like air. over an overpass. <laughs> Smashes her, her yeah. back into the windshield of another car. She'd be fucking paralyzed. I mean, like they didn't even like switch yeah. it around to where he grabbed and kind of rolled somehow rolled in midair and had his back hit the windshield. Her back hit the windshield. Yeah, I mean, they, smashed they, they, it in, and then they were fine. Doing, uh, these guys are doing like Street Fighter two turbo moves. <laughs> You and know, like, like she asked him later, she's like, "How did you know the car was going to be there? I didn't. What was your plan? <laughs> I'm just going to catch you in <laughs> midair, and God help us, maybe there's a vehicle to break your fall. <laughs> maybe. Oh my goodness, it was. Uh, it's there's some very like. I mean, I laughed out loud at some of the some of the physical things that are done because it's yep. just like it is so ridiculously over the top, but um. For the most part, in a fun way. Like I said, I think it's a, I think it's a decent rental. But uh, you know, what the hell do I know? Two weeks in a row at number one. So, yeah, I think these, uh, I think these films aren't going anywhere. People really like them. No, I mean, there are. Hell, hell, I enjoy them, and I don't, you know, particularly like I, they're totally not my thing, but yeah. I enjoy them. You know. Yeah, I mean they're they're already on track, and I think and and this also might bear out as as a problem for them too because uh, Justin Lin has backed out of of the next one, and he's done them since Tokyo Drift, and uh, but he believes that they're really just because they want to. Was it who's putting this out? Is it Paramount? Am I right in that? Or I'm trying to think of what, what the studio is. What are you is. thinking about the studio? Is uh, it, it's Universal. Universal. They want to they want to put one of these out like every year. 
and um, they're they're already rushing the script and everything. And you can say what you will for Justin Lin, but um, he does not want to do this. He does not want to. He wants to take his time, put these set pieces together and stuff, because you could tell that that is something that he does kind of uh, that he's good at. Yeah, is him and his writer. Uh, which I think the same writer has been on all of them since Tokyo Truth. I can't remember. So from right, my exactly. understanding of what's, of what's happening, though, is they want to have uh, like a film every year. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think um, that may be but, to its detriment. But I don't think that Lynn is leaving the series entirely. I think that they're going to put him on like every other one so that he has the time to spend on it. Because I was reading mm. something where Vin Diesel said that he wanted um, – uh, like a new trilogy, right? So, like, they've had six. So the first three form some trilogy in his mind, and then four, five, and six, the which first. is like the like the there's where a, there's I'm another in trilogy, <laughs> and then uh, there's like a third trilogy now that they're going to start on. You heard it here, um, folks. Vin Diesel is the George Lucas of car movies. <laughs> Well, you know, like this is all this franchise is only a decade old. That's what's blowing my mind about it is uh like you know, they've they have really like shoved out six movies in ten years. Um, which is more than a movie every other year, you know? Yeah. Like it's kind of ridiculous. Um but we'll see. We'll see what the quality's like. If they stay at least as good as this one, I'll go see every one of them. I don't care. Yeah, and like I said, it, uh, it it all comes down to what the box office can bear out. And but for the most part, though, can you think of any other real series that's gone six in so far and has had such lasting power? Yeah, and I think what I I can't think of any of that. But I think what also distinguishes this is like these, despite the ridiculousness of it, right? Like of of the things that they do in their uh, like action set pieces. They're regular dudes. Um, they're not like super powered people. That's not like sci-fi kind of stuff, and that's different for a for an action summer tentpole franchise. Um, so I think that they're filling a like gap in the market right now. Um, that's not to say that there won't be imitators now that at least two of these films have made just a shit ton of money. Um, but I think that's different, and that's distinguishing for them and. It'll probably bear out that way for a little while, at least. And if anybody hasn't seen it and wants a fun time, you like that you like the uh, Fast and Furious movies and like kind of some of the over the top elements of those movies. Um, and watch, watch a movie that doesn't take itself nearly as seriously as some people thought that it did, because it was clearly a spoof of of, of a lot of this shit. Is uh, watch Torqued. Torqued is like it's it's ridiculous, but it's ridiculous in a fun way. So think kind of like Fast and the Furious, but with like motorcycles. It's it's not good, but it's good. If you know what I mean. And for better or worse, I do know what you mean. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's uh, Fast and Furious Six, Fast Six, whatever the fuck we want to call it. And uh, you know, who gives a shit what I say? Number one at the I, I will it be next week? That's a good. That's the good question. It may What's be. Um, next week we have the internship and the purge. Mm, so yeah. it's the two purge. very two very different movies uh, for two very different audiences, and it's it's tough to. I mean, you know, you got a great pairing of Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn, and the purge. You have you know 
a horror flick in the middle of summer, but uh, looks like I mean it's a very interesting concept. But then again, yeah. it's another one of those. Are people going? I want to see that new Ethan Hawke flick, and I, I don't think those people that, are really uh, out there. I'm going to say that if for like some reason the internship does not recapture that like wedding crashers magic, um, you might see Fat, uh, Furious Six um, take the top spot again. Yeah. I don't think I don't think that the purge is going to. No, 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 no. I don't I get me wrong. We'll I think like if it's best opening at best. Yeah, I was going to say I don't think any higher than three though. Uh, it, it may be become one of those that's kind of uh, big I think on video really later. Well. Yeah, yeah, sort of like how Sinister did. Did very well on video. Which uh, I, I like Sinister all the way up until the very end. That that end uh, just kind of like walking uh, to the camera. Yes. Yeah, it's just like I was so I was so up for everything, and then with the end, it was just like, oh, what a letdown! Everything was not uh, shucks. It was like uh, you you got me like eighty five percent of a good movie. Yep. Anyways, uh, on to the next thing that I saw this week. I finally got a chance to sit down and watch a movie that I heard a lot of good things about, but hadn't really uh, delved too much into what it was about. So I just knew it was about. Uh, time travel for the most part and was kind of a comedy i saw uh safety not guaranteed a uh, movie with uh mark duplass and um why, why aubrey, I, plaza. aubrey plaza i went up i'm like why am i blanking on her name i know yeah, her name that movie is so good and uh yeah this was this movie was very unexpected for for me um i i didn't think that this movie would have you know so much heart and feeling in it and uh it is it's really a a great piece that's has you know a decent amount of drama in it but uh it's still very light hearted throughout the uh, throughout the uh entire thing essentially what it uh just to boil down the plot for uh, people that uh, don't know uh, Aubrey Plaza is an intern at a, a Seattle magazine and uh so they're they're sitting around trying to do a pitch meeting and everything, trying to figure out stories for the magazine. One of uh, one of the writers brings up, "Hey, there's this uh, ad in this local paper for a guy who claims to have you know time travel, and uh, is seeking a partner to go and uh, time travel with him. And you know you can't uh, be you have to be fearless and all this jazz." And they're like, hey, let's go and check this out. So they send uh, this writer and uh, Aubrey Plaza's character and an, uh, another intern all the way out to this uh, little town and uh, essentially try to track this guy down. But the writer has ulterior motives, and uh, but they want to see, is this guy just an absolute loon or something? Is he just crazy? And they turn to find out that he may not be necessarily as crazy as they thought, or is he? And uh, over, like I said, overall, it's it's a really good film. It's a it's great performances from everybody all around. And um, you know, like I said, I, I was surprised at how much this, how much feeling that this movie gave. Uh, it's it's better than I thought it had. Probably, I, I don't want to say better than it had any right to be, but better than I think anyone could have expected it to be. I think. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think you enjoyed it. Yes. Yeah. Um. It actually was on my uh, end of the year list, so I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, and yeah, I thought it was nice to see Aubrey Plaza doing a character that was similar to what she's known for, kind of like that curmudgeonly uh, like hipster that thinks she's too cool to deal with your shit, um, but also like a little warmer. 
Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. She kind of you, you definitely see a warmer side of her because when you when you see like you know her character in Parks and Rec, which is I'm sure what most people know her for, is uh, she's very stoic, very not you know you rarely ever like see her smile or anything. But you you do get right. kind of uh, someone who's who's a lot like that character. It's kind of reserved and like everything's kind of like eh, whatever. But you know there there is moments of like warmth and happiness that you don't get for that character, and so it, it's nice to see her. It's nice to see her smile on films. It's just like it's yeah. you know, it's right. like oh oh you have emotions. That's so nice. <laughs> yeah, and she she and she's very good. Like, oh yeah, uh, she she and Mark Duplass like carry this movie very well. Um, so yeah, no, it was it was one of my top ten last year, and uh, I've recommended it to everybody. Um, and it's, I think, still currently streaming on Netflix. Exactly. That is exactly where I was watching it. And that's what was, exactly what I was going to say next is Safety Not Guaranteed is still streaming on Netflix. So go check that out. Matt, what have you been watching this week? Well, I've uh, kind of had a slow week. I've uh, been working a lot and uh, trying to produce a chapter for a book proposal. But um, I will say that uh, even with having just written about it for my uh Valcomography project over at the split screen, my shameless plug of the show. Um, I, I did watch Spartan again this week, uh, which is a movie that I love. Um, it's 2004, David Mamet, written and directed. Um, Val Kilmer plays a black ops, uh, secret ops kind of army ranger agent um, buried deep within the government who is assigned the task of tracking down the daughter of um, a very high-level government official. And everything about this movie just works on a level that I don't see very often. Um, First off, there's the script, which is uh, great. I mean, Mamet's a great writer. I think that's, like, readily acknowledged these days. I don't know many Um, people that are going to fight you on that. (laughs) But um, this script in particular is uh, pretty fantastic. Um, it, it's one of those scripts that doesn't talk down to its audience, um, meaning that the, the guys in the film are special ops agents, right? Um, and they use a lot of terms and speak to each other as if they're talking to people who know what in the hell they're talking about already. So there's not this like need to define things constantly for the audience. You kind of just pick up on what things mean, and the kind script's very, very smart Trek-esque. about that stuff. Yeah, kind it's of, kind like, of like that because that that was that was what I always liked about Star Trek, especially Next Generation, is mm-hmm. that uh, it was just kind of like we're gonna say these things, and you know you're going to figure out what warp drive is, whether you like it or not. We're not going to sit here and just go warp drive allows us to travel at the speed of light. They just kind of just go right. Warp drive phasers. You know yeah, what it's, this it's shit kind is. Of like, like, That's cool. I like us, that. For those of us who have seen like, uh, like Scott Pilgrim, right. It's the opposite of what that film does. I mean that it's doing it for a reason. Oh yeah. Movie, right. But, but like, it's the opposite of the over explaining. It's the under explaining and you kind of infer and deduce what's going on. There's, and, uh, there's not the, the like requisite strong. thing of 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 because you see this in a lot of movies. It's like explain to me like I'm a three year old. You're right. None and of so that. Spartans Spartans very good in that regard, and it looks gorgeous. It's shot by Mamet's or uh, like regular photographer or cinematographer who is uh, oh, what is his name Juan Ruiz. The last name starts with an A, but um, you know he's worked with this guy since the '80s. Um, ever since. Uh, uh, House of Games. So, um, 
it's just a it's just a really great kind of thriller that is uncommon in Hollywood and um Val Kilmer's terrific. It has a terrific cast. Ed O'Neill, William H. Macy, um uh Kristen Bell actually in an early role. Um yeah, it's just it's a lot of fun. Now he's Good not look. uh he's not fat Val Kilmer yet, is he? No. Um, although I think that at you this gotta, point, you gotta definitely denote in your Val Kilmography when, when we go to fat Val Kilmer or if it's a sliding scale. Yeah, so it, to is, speak. it is definitely a sliding scale. Like he, he slimmed down again. Like, oh, did that's he? The th- yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, he got big for a while and then around like 2007, he was in Deja Vu, right? With the Tony Scott film with, uh, which I liked with, uh, Denzel Washington in the lead. Yeah, I thought that movie was great. Um, but, you know, he wasn't as big in that. And then he got bigger again and did, like, some weird, uh, like, Val Kilmer versus other things movies, um, including three three movies with uh, 50 Cent um, in, in, like, that, that time period. But I think he's lost a lot of the weight again. Because um, he, like, yeah, like in MacGruber, he looked like a thousand bees had just stung him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, what are your thoughts on that movie? I think it's terrible. MacGruber? Yeah. It's terrible, but I laugh a lot hmm. watching it. Like, I, I do think it's really funny. It's not very good as a movie, but it's kind of like, I just enjoy watching it because it's stupid and I and I like stupid. Yeah. I wish and I, I like, could. I, I, I like wanted to enjoy it on jokes. that level. Yeah, but that I mean, but that's the level that I enjoy it on. Mm. I think that it's fun. It makes me laugh, and it's it's the first like SNL based movie or even movie from someone uh, from SNL that isn't Kristen Wiig in a long time that I thought was funny on any level. So, yeah, <laughs> that's that's MacGruber. I haven't seen that one recently. <laughs> I've not been watching MacGruber. Not been watching the MacGruber. That's but yeah, so everybody. Spartans. What I did you hear about the the? Um, we're going off on a slight quick tangent. Yeah, let's go. But um, what's in that? What you've been watching? We're done. Yeah. What's up? Um, so right. they have. Yeah. There you go. Um, in it was it was a joke in uh, Looper where like you know Jessica Gordon pulls the sheet off of his car and it's a and it's a uh, Miata. And, yeah. And how that was a joke in uh, MacGruber, and, and like people were like, "Did you lift that from fucking MacGruber?" And he's just like, "I hadn't seen it at that point. I was so busy." But there are two, <laughs> there are two movies where the reveal is like, "Here's my badass car. It's a Miata." Mm, so sad. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Anyways, that is what we've been watching. All right, we are going to take a little break, and uh, we're going to come back, and we're going to review. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan's new movie. I can't call it M. Night Shyamalan's After Earth because that's not true. And yep. we'll discuss why that is uh, coming up. So it's, uh, it's Will Smith's After Earth. Yeah, Will Smith's After Earth. In, in many ways. <laughs> All right, we'll be back.
right, everybody, welcome back. We are now going to jump into our new review this week, uh, the number three movie at the box <laughs> office. I don't know that he's even had one of those in a long time, but this is here's the trailer for uh, After Earth, directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Crash landed. Two confirmed survivors. Son, this is not training. This is a class one quarantined planet. The threats we will be facing are real. Everything on this planet has evolved to kill humans. Every single decision we make will be love or death. But if we are going to survive this, you must realize that fear is not real. It is a product of thoughts you create. But do not misunderstand me. Danger is very real. But fear is a choice. Do you know where we are? No, sir. All right, everybody, that was the trailer for After Earth, our new review of this week, uh, directed by M. Night Shyamalan, written by Gary Weta, who wrote uh, for the screenplay, as well as M. Night Shyamalan himself, who also co-wrote the screenplay. But the I, story itself... It was a doctoring job, though, right? Was it? I'm, yeah, I'm thinking he was brought on... Anyway, anyway. continue the credits, and we'll, we'll start with the M. Night. And, uh, yeah, so... Um, and uh, so, actually, story is credited to Will Smith for the story. So uh, that is interesting that uh, I don't know that he's been credited for any other writing thing before. But uh, starring Will Smith, Jaden Smith, and about four other people, <laughs> it's, uh, it's uh, very uh, very sparse as far as cast goes. So this is, uh, this is definitely the, the Will Smith, Jaden Smith show. And, uh, yeah, so... You had a little information on the stuff? Well, I just know that uh, the articles I was reading about the movie before it came out, things in like uh, like Entertainment Weekly and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. uh, it seemed to me that uh, Shyamalan I, – I, in fact, I want to say it was in Entertainment Weekly where like um, Will Smith said that – Shyamalan came on as director after the script had been written and did a like a rewrite of portions of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess kind of like script doctoring it basically to make it filmable probably because I can imagine without even that input this might be unfilmable. Yeah, and you might be true. It might be true, and um, and I forgot to really look at how it's labeled in the um in the movie itself. 
because uh, there, there's a great book out there called uh, Writing Movies for Fun and Profit with fun crossed out by uh, Thomas Lennon and uh, Robert Ben Grant and uh, right. the two guys from uh, uh, Reno 911 and several other things. Uh, it's a great book about screenwriting. And uh, if you have any idea, uh, if you have any want or interest in screenwriting, especially learning how to, you know, how big, big movies work, it's a, it's a great read. Quick read, too, but it's a, it's a really good book. And, um, but there are several explanations in there as to, you know, rewrites and things like that. And they talk about how the, um, the actual spelling out of everything within the credits themselves denotes who kind of did what. It's like when you see an ampersand, it's this. When you see, you know, written by this one and this one. But uh, I can't remember right off the top of my head which, uh, which it kind of was with this. So they went with a Gary Weta and M. Night Shyamalan, or if they're both listed together and there's no and in between, it means a more collaborative type thing. There's a whole bunch of, there's a lot of fucking different WGA rules about this kind of stuff. So, uh, but check out that book. Right. Um, so e- either way, it's a story by Will Smith, co-written by M. Night Shyamalan. And um, let's let's start here before we jump into this. Because sure. I think I think we need to talk about M Night Shyamalan. Now we did a film find five uh, a couple of actually back in February. So uh, we've been people have been talking about this like recently, like it's a fucking thing. We've been talking about it since February. So if you've been following the film find, you should you would know this. Uh, but a lot of people did not know that this was an M Night Shyamalan movie because the they have completely kept it out of the entire marketing campaign. It is not a uh, if you look ever since the Sixth Sense, you know M Night Shyamalan's name has been in prominent view, especially in an, all of the advertising, usually above the title itself, which I think is always kind of been a uh, a little uh, you know something in his writer, I guess. That's just like it must be M Night Shyamalan's you know Unbreakable or whatever. Um, right. M Night Shyamalan has had like he's had a very interesting career. He had two movies that nobody really heard about. And then obviously came out with The Sixth Sense. But the thing about The Sixth Sense was, is like M. Night Shyamalan has started his career, you know, kind of as just doing this kind of personal type movies. And then he decided on the set of, oh, shucks, I forget what the last name of, uh, what was the movie he did right before The Damn Sixth Sense? Oh, shit. Now our brain's leaking. Uh, Wide Awake. Mm -hmm. Um, On the set of Wide Awake, he was uh he was very frustrated because i think the studio was taking a lot of control of the movie away from him they i think they had problems in the editing room and all this stuff and so that was like 1998 and he's he made this big giant proclamation to everybody <clears throat> that he was going to be the next steven spielberg he's you know he doesn't need any of this shit he's got a movie that he's writing right now called the sixth sense and you know he he's going to show everybody and he finished the script for the sixth sense. And I think he told like his agent or somebody, it was along those lines of, Hey, this, this is what I got. It's called the sixth sense. I'm going to be directing it. And, uh, the bidding, there's going to be, you know, I'm opening it up for bidding tomorrow. And the bidding starts at a million dollars. And now for somebody who had made two films that no one really fucking saw, that was so much fucking balls. Now, luckily for M. Night Shyamalan, it totally paid off. The sixth sense became, you know, a massive hit. And uh, I think almost to Shyamalan's detriment in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, because Shyamalan from that point on was always kind of known as the twist guy. 
And, you know, so Unbreakable comes along. Unbreakable has a twist. Signs has a bit of a twist. So everything. And then as the movies went on, it just seemed that every time somebody was looking for the twist, it's like, what is this going to be? So about the time that you get to, you know, the village, people are like, oh, I kind of figure out what the twist is. Later in the water, it's kind of a twisty in a way, happening sort of twisty. Last Airbender, no, but... He became known as kind of the twist guy, and I really think that that kind of uh, hampered his career in a lot of ways because I don't think I don't think many of his movies are nearly as bad as a lot of people give them credit for. Now I'm not going to sit here and say that you know M Night Shyamalan is the next Steven Spielberg. I don't even think it's close. I know he would like to think that in his own mind, but uh, what do you what Matt, give me your thoughts on uh, on M Night Shyamalan's career as a whole from uh, up until this point? Um, I think most of his films are pretty decent. I actually don't like The Sixth Sense that much. Um, Unbreakable, I think, is great. I like Unbreakable a lot. Signs I find enjoyable. Um, yeah, the last 30 minutes of The Village, um, are, aside from After Earth, maybe the most terrible thing (laughs) that he's done up to this point. Everybody shits on the happening, but I find that movie kind of fascinating. Um, there's some weird stuff going on in that movie, like spatial relationships, like on screen that I find just intriguing on a level that no one else gives a shit about. Um, also, like the acting in the happening is really weird. So, like, like both Zoe Deschanel and Mark Wahlberg have this thing where like, you can't tell if the acting is bad or if it's just so naturalistic that it's not acting anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, they're not doing it. Um, and that kind of fascinates me. So I guess that's, that's the overview of my feelings in, in general. Uh, it's pockets of brilliance, mostly ambivalent. Um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't see The Last Airbender, so I can't comment on that one. The Last Airbender is one is one of the worst things I've ever seen. It really, it, it really is bad, and 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 it's so. It's, it's I don't want to. I don't want to get into the full on discussion yet. But is it worse than After Earth? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'd, I'd I'd watch After Earth before I watch it. Last Airbender again. Yeah, for sure. Jesus Christ. Um. But the la- the last Airbender took what was a great fun uh, you know children's cartoon and turned it into just a, a, a it's rubbish it's just it's it's really bad and it's it's so sad that in the world of of uh, race bending as it were in so many movies that the, a man of color actually you know whitewashed a movie. It, yeah. for for really no reason and the only bad person in the in the entire film is a person of color and i'm i'm just like from a dude <laughs> that's not white i was like what the fuck is this about you in and instead of you know and and then he's in the bad guys an indian guy of all people and i'm like dude you're indian i, I maybe just, he's a self-hating indian i guess i don't know it was very, it was very odd, but it's it, yeah. The last Air, Airbender is is an abomination. Like, yeah, I, I I would watch that again before I watch. I, I'd watch After Earth again before I watch that. But um, yeah, Jesus. yeah, you're right. right though. Um, 
I think I think you know I, I like the village for the most part. Like I said, I think you, some of the last thirty minutes of that, and I think some of it is marred by his own cameo appearance in that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think you know you, you look at his movies and um, he's done. He didn't want. He was like he had a cameo in Six Sense, Unbreakable. Sign. Did he have one in Signs? Oh yeah, he was the guy that. Um... It's been a long time since he's like signs. moved away. Uh, it was the guy that like hit uh, hit Mel Gibson's wife yeah, 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 in the car, yeah, and then he right. leaves uh, before the alien invasion or whatever. He's kind of almost kind of sort of wanted to Hitchcock in his things, but unlike Hitchcock, who just had a quick little high look at me, I'm here's a little you know a little Where's Waldo s kind of moment before there was a Where's Waldo. <laughs> Um, you know, it's like a, Hey, catch him here. You know, M night Shyamalan puts himself in, you know, speaking roles that are just awful, 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 right. awful that take you out of it. And it's just like, instead of going, Hey, there's M night Shyamalan walking in the background. Okay. There he's going. He's like, Oh, we get it. We're going to sit and look at him for, and, and hear him speak and act for like two or three minutes. And it's like, fuck, why, why are you doing this? It makes no sense. And, uh, wait, was he the bad guy in the last airbender? No, but <laughs> That almost might have made it more interesting. It was the Slumdog Millionaire kid, um, which he hasn't really done much of anything else now, has he? Hmm, surprise. Anyways, I think that's a very overrated. I think it's one of the most overrated movies in the last probably 10 years. Slumdog? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I it's, think, it's I think good, it, but my God, is it overrated. I say this with full knowledge of having seen The Beach multiple times. I think <laughs> Slumdog Millionaire is the worst Danny Boyle film. Yeah, well... I think, I think Danny worst. Boyle's super overrated too. So I I do too, but I think that it, that movie is worse than The Beach. It's been a while. I, I, it's been I'm a while since I've seen The Beach. And I wasn't, that. mm, that's, yeah. But uh, anyways, uh, yeah. So I, overall, like even like even Lady in the Water, like it wasn't a fantastic film, but it was kind of like a, I see what you're doing there. I kind of like it, just a modern day fairy tale kind of twist. And so, like on that level, I sort of appreciated it. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I, I liked. I I thought the happening besides the like you said the weird fucking choices in acting and odd cinematography choices. And I know that this is fucking Shyamalan because. They did not have the same cinematographer on the happening that they did on After Earth, and there's a lot of weird fucking cinematography in After Earth too, of which I mm-hmm. don't fucking like. So I know it's Shyamalan at this point. It's like you can't sit there and just go, "Oh, that's that cinematographer's choice that he just kind of works right. with." Right? That's fucking Shyamalan. That is his. That is his deal. This like weird, really wide angle lens close up in the face that's just so weird and off putting, but not even in a good way. You know? You're right. Um. But that's, I liked the happening because, like, it was like to me, it was almost like an invisible zombie film. Yeah, and that's I, I thought that was really interesting. And like I said, it, it's not a great movie, but there's something going on there to me that's intriguing. And I, I know, I know, we're getting a lot of like, there's vibes coming out from anyone who's listening to this, going, "These guys are stupid." But no, just you know, have a fucking open mind in this. And like I said, I think a lot of this has to come from. M. Night Shyamalan himself. I think if these movies came from somebody that was not him, we would have a much different perspective on on these films. That's that's just yeah. my thought. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but, I think I think no. that the happening was the first one that was like directly affected by his reputation up to that point, right? Yeah. Um like everything else had kind of been moderately well received. Hell, even people like the village, you know. Yeah. But, Even if, yeah, but if after the worst Lady you could say, in the Water, oh, just... it was like, oh, well, you know, maybe he's just making shit now because, um, like, the village wasn't the best and Lady in the Water, whatever. But sadly, that didn't um, even really make much of a blip at all, though. 
No. And and then the happening, it's like I remember they marketed that movie as being the first rated R film from yeah. M Night Shyamalan. You know, like, uh, and I think that that like at that point you already had the like popular audience backlash, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, no, we know too much about what the, what we expect from him at this point, and he's let us down twice in a row now. Even though this is his like seventh film since he became famous you know um so we're just gonna give up and i mean he he ended up proving them right apparently with last airbender and definitely with after earth um but i i don't blame him entirely for after earth at all i i think it's mostly will smith and i think it's mostly decisions that were made in the production before Shyamalan was even a part of it from the construction of the story to the casting to hell, even most of the concept, like there's some cool, like visual art concepts in there. Right. But like they're executed poorly and the like special effects look like shit and just a myriad of problems that have nothing to do with Shyamalan. And, uh, unfortunately for him, I think that it's going to reflect much more poorly on him, this film than it does on Will Smith. Right. Um, so we'll see. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's let's all right. So let's get into uh, After Earth. Uh, here's the IMDb summary: A crash landing leaves Katai Rage R A I G E, which is very interesting. It's, God, that's so on the nose and stupid. And his father, Cipher, stranded on Earth. A millennium. That that is not true. A millennium after events forced. That's it's not wasn't a millennium. It was a thousand years. Apparently, IMDb doesn't know the difference between a thousand and a million. Fucking idiots. Jesus. <laughs> IMDB, this is week number two in a row that your fucking tag log lines here have been fucked. Get a fucking editor, IMDB. Jesus Christ. I go to you just because you're easy and it's nice. You can easily cross-reference some shit. Wikipedia. Fucking hell. Wikipedia, who is sourced by just rubes on the street, is better informed than fucking IMDB, who I'm sure someone got paid at least an hourly wage to write this shit. People on Wikipedia aren't even paid. Yeah. Rant over. Sorry. A thousand years after events uh, forced uh, humanity's escape from Earth, with Cypher injured, Katai must embark on a perilous journey to signal for help. This movie... All right. Let's start here. Well, and I haven't done any research into this. I can't say anything. Um, but I, and maybe you have. But uh, I... I I hear, and I hear there's also rebuttals, that this is very much a Will Smith and uh, a lot of links to Scientology type stuff in, in this film. Do you know I anything about that? I don't, I don't think that it's a direct thing, but I think that it's probably influenced. I mean, Will Smith's a Scientologist, right? Well, no. I mean, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think that even even if there is a rebuttal to, like, no, this isn't, like, well, the guy wrote the story and came up with the plot and came up with the characters and like envisioned this very specific thing that's happening, right? And the fucking message of the movie, right, is uh, like there's no such thing as fear, but danger is real or some shit like that, yeah. which is totally like something that L. Ron Hubbard would have like crapped out of his ass. But, um, yeah, it's it's a lot, but that is a it, lot of Scientology so is like hiding your like your you know masking your emotions and things like that and. So I so I think that that it's there 
maybe unintentionally. Uh, uh, yeah, it's subtext um, just because of who it came from. Um, I, and I think that's that that's okay, right? Like, uh, that's not what makes this movie bad. Oh no, 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 no! I was just you pointing know? out. <laughs> <laughs> like, but but yeah, uh, that that is a thing, and I've read several interpretations. Like, I think there's a piece in the New Yorker that is just all about how uh, this is a love letter to Scientology. Hmm. Um, and some of them are very good and well-written and like thoughtful analysis in that regard. Um, but I think to that where some of those pieces find where I find fault with them is that some of them do say that that is why this movie is bad. And that's not why the movie is bad for so many reasons that don't have to do with any sort of ideology whatsoever. No, it, it um, all comes down to just it. Like if you, if you examine the piece as a whole, it's such a simplistically stupid film because nothing yeah. – it's it's easily – it's just a search and rescue done in the most monotonous and boring way. There's nothing interesting about it. It's essentially yeah, like it, a – we've crashed and you don't really – and the reasons that the thing ends up crashing and going through like some sort of like asteroid field and somehow going through a wormhole in India, none of it makes any sense. They don't really source any of it. But, uh, yeah, I was even unclear as to where in the fuck they were even traveling to in the first place. Like, yeah. why is he even in space with his son? Like, what he came home, right? And, like, Jaden Smith, I'm not going to say their stupid character rage names. Um, Katayan Cypher. Like, like, you know, so, like, Jaden Smith comes, he's all, like, pissy because he didn't get uh like above cadet status he didn't he didn't become a ranger or whatever the hell it is yeah and his um, mom's just basically and, like hey go out with your dad dad you yeah, need to be then, a better and dad then they just, and then they just fucking rock and roll through space for a little bit and then that's like oh wait here comes some asteroids or something that's coming up really quickly because i'm a genius that these two guys who have been piloting ships forever like uh that know this ship better than i do um <laughs> They they don't know that the shit's going, but like I'm a genius, so I'm I'm gonna tell them about it, and then we're gonna do warp, uh, whatever the fuck through through a wormhole because I say so, and then boom, we're crashing now. Isn't uh, it really telling how Will Smith's character has zero flaws? It's also really he telling. is an unflawed character, and I'm yeah. sorry that does not it, make for entertaining anything. To be his one flaw in that. Right. Like, and it's not even really a flaw. It's that he, uh, like his daughter died, uh, like in an attack. Yeah, from technically these that's not his fault. Right? right. But his one flaw is that he feels guilty about it and blames his son sort of. Yeah. Kind of blames him for fucking living, not <laughs> but, surviving. But like, that's his one flaw is like some kind of fucking warped sense of survivor guilt displaced onto his son you know like As it's bizarre yeah but yeah so they, they end up um you know kind of crash landing on i like here's the thing overall <laughs> i think the concept and idea of this story could have been something very cool but it, you know Will Smith's character is is the first person that they found that can ghost, is as they call it, which is and it's explained in a absolutely horrible opening um, voiceover by Jaden Smith. Awful voiceover. I mean, yes, uh, it's, it's there are portions. Okay, 
Go ahead. Before we get into this like voiceover thing, can we just talk for a minute, just a minute, about like why do they even have this accent? They have an oh, accent yeah. in this movie that it's at times who knows what is, it is is unintelligible. And in the voiceover, I couldn't tell if Jaden Smith was like doing an accent uh, because you like you don't you don't know any of this shit. You don't know that everybody has an accent, so you're just sitting there like, "What is this fucking mushmouth pseudo proper English?" Yeah, it's like, is it like British? Is it kind of a oh, is, what? You, you yeah, can't and pinpoint why? anything. And why? What in the hell about this like future has made everybody speak in this shitty accent that doesn't even make any sense? Um, but there's a part of but, it at the same time that like. Not exactly, because because they're not doing like the same sort of accent, but it seems like this weird kind of thing that I felt in the happening as well. Now, it's not quite like that, but it is kind of like this off of like you're watching and you're like, something's not right. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if that's a hundred. And, and I can't say if that's Shyamalan or Will Smith and Jaden Smith at this point. I don't really I can't I, tell you. I don't know. But, but anyway, it, it certainly does not help this awful voiceover at the beginning. Oh no! Right, that like you like there are literally sentences in the voiceover that I could not understand because I did not realize that there was one an accent and two could not tell what the fucking accent was wait, and how wait, I should wait, hear what what, did, what do you say? Yeah, it's like that, and you're like, what what the fuck? What the fuck are you saying? I don't uh, I don't understand. It's like, can we have some subtitles, please, in this English language film? Yeah, it was. To to provide like a like an example of how how poorly this aspect of the film is executed, um, watch Cloud Atlas and the far distant future portions where they've reverted back to almost like a pidgin English kind of uh, like dialect. That shit. No matter your feelings on whether or not that's good or not, like that this this that they have this. Uh, like made up language that's like baby talk, like it's at least executed well. Like like the actors pull it off, and you can you can understand what in the fuck they're saying. Right. Um. I still haven't seen here, that one yet. Here so you cannot do it. Like here you just cannot fucking figure shit out, and it's just infuriating for the majority of the film because you just lose. The, like, what did he just say? Why yeah. are they? Do- they may have an explanation for why they were on that fucking ship, but I'll never know it because they probably said it in some unintelligible way. Here's here's kind of what I gather. Okay, so we'll kind of go back to my point. Will Smith is like the first guy who who's done this uh, this ghosting thing, which is essentially he. Now, now I want to grant you that these things are scientifically in fucking possible to do. For the most, as, as far as I'm aware, I'm not. I'm going to go on uh, on record here as I am not a board certified scientist. If there's a board that certifies science scientists, um, I am not that. Uh, but apparently, his ability is to be 100 percent fearless. Now, these monsters that somehow roam wherever, and you don't get any sense as to where they come from or whatnot. But uh, apparently, they're they're essentially blind. But they can sense human fear. They sense fear, and that that's what allows them to attack. A la, you know, kind of a snake kind of hears with its tongue or whatever. Um, so, but it basically it kind of more or less smells that fear, and then is able to go and attack these things. Otherwise, it's blind. 
So Will Smith, like a ghost, can walk along and just be completely undetected by these things and kills them with his crazy little weapon. Right. Um, and so essentially what I gathered from the unintelligible speech from these people is that um, – so like I said, Jaden Smith's character um, didn't pass his exams as it were and uh, wasn't promoted to Ranger. His mom is like, you know, Dad, you're you're the super kind of uber – you're the baddest motherfucker in the world, but you're not spending any time with your kid. Your kid, he needs a father, not, not, a, not a commander, whatever the fuck he is. And uh, so he – Essentially says, you know, you're going to go on this field trip with them. So they're going out on this field trip, and they're carrying one of these monsters in uh, in kind of a hold in the back of the ship. And from my understanding, they were going out on some sort of a training mission to try to help train these guys, pardon me, to ghost. To be able to get that way and uh, to perfect their kind of thing. And where they were going, why that they had to do that off-planet or something doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense to me but then again most of this film doesn't um but it, again that's it's it's kind of it's an interesting concept in in a way that that's okay i'll 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 grant you it's dumb but you know because there are you know hormones and shit that give off in a human body that you don't do you know purposely that shit just comes off of you and right. and, and i i don't like i said not a scientist i don't think you can shut that shit off I could be wrong, and there may be a thing where you know you can you know you've unfeared yourself and you don't you know release those hormones for co- I don't know, not scientist. But um, so they're traveling. All of a sudden, they get into some sort of crazy asteroid field. They have to you know essentially without you know these proper words because I'm sure they're copyrighted. Some sort of warp through you know this uh, through this uh, asteroid field, I guess. Which I I don't think you can do in science fiction yeah. logic. I don't think you can do that. But um, and they and they they give voice to that. Do you remember? They do this? call it like a wormhole thing. You don't. They? Well, but but they but they also like they're like oh we can't do that in an asteroid field. And they like apparently there's some practical reason behind it. Like their sh- ship will fucking cut in half when it comes through the wormhole the next time or something. But I don't know. It's it's. Yeah, and and it is very much a kind of Will Smith just going, fuck you, I know what's right, do it. Yeah. And why these guys are just like, um, I don't want to die. That's a whole movie. Yeah, I, I, I don't care why you don't think about it, right. do it. Yeah. Um, so they go through, they end up crash landing on Earth, everybody on the ship is dead, uh, except for Will and Jaden, of course, because it's their movie, stupid. And uh, his leg is broken. Can't do anything about that. Interesting how in a thousand years we can't really do nothing else about a broken leg other than just kind of like, well, you're sort of fucked. All right. This is, so this here, right, like aside from the fucking uh, like accent, like that that's secondary to me. But this right here is bad decision number one that just kills the fucking movie. You mean Will Smith was pregnant and they had to get around it by having him sit throughout the entire movie so we didn't see his pregnant belly. Yes. That, that, <laughs> that's what I figured. I'm I like, mean, this is like, that's, that's what they did in those like, TV it. shows. You know, Sit him behind it's, a desk. But it's, yeah, it's like, like, who thought at any point in the fucking production pipeline, like, let's get a Will Smith summer sci-fi action movie in which Will Smith fucking does nothing he sits there's one there's one little flashback of him kind of kicking ass for like four seconds yeah 
and the Literally, rest of the movie the, is the him sitting over. and talking. It's in the first five minutes in the voiceover when when Jaden says that he was the first person who could ghost. And that's when you see it happening. And after that, Will Smith doesn't do anything. The rest of the movie is all Jaden Smith, uh, who can't fucking act, running from shit and not even interacting with very much of it. Now, I'm going to go I'm going to I'm going to take a little bit from that because in, in I'll probably get some shit for this, but I don't think. I don't think he's a great actor, but I don't think he's he. I think he can do halfway. De- the Karate Kid was halfway decent. I don't care but what was, anybody but says. Was he halfway decent? No, I, I, he was okay. He was I serviceable. Think, he was very I serviceable. Think that, like there's one half of that parental unit that is good on film. Well, yeah. And his name is Will Smith. <laughs> Jada, no, he's terrible in this film. <laughs> Jada Pinkett can occasionally pull off a performance if the material is good enough. True. Um, and I, I think that the acting genes for Jaden were more inherited from her. That's probably true. But it's, yeah, it's overall, it's, it's his acting is just, it's not great. It is him just responding to all these things. And Will Smith and and Will Smith's acting is terrible because and and I would like to think that this was his method behind the logic in his in his choice to make this actor like to make this character like this is that he is completely devoid of fear and I think in in his wanting to make this character that was completely devoid of fear he seems to have made him completely devoid of feeling yeah well, you know, you know the key to the key to Will Smith, right? Like even in I Am Legend or like some of his bleaker like dramas, right? The key to Will Smith and his like performance and why people like him is his ability to take that like negative like thing in him, right? Like his negative emotions, his fear, his like sadness or whatever and semi-cockily joke around it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he does it in Men in Black. Like, obviously, he's scared in a lot of his summer blockbuster movies, but he's cocky, and he, he uh, like, he's got jokes. He's got a sense of humor about himself as well as the situation that they're in. And in this movie, he has neither of those things. No, he's, he's not. He's stoked. not cocky. He's, yeah, and, and it's terrible. It's a terrible look. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's awful. It's like let's let's take all the great things about you that make you you and just throw them out the window. Right. We we don't need any of these. Why why would we why would we want the things that people like you for? It's like you're not going to um I, I was going to come up with an example, but I can't think of one right off the top of my head. It's just, you know, why would you have somebody, you know, that's known for like, you know, kicking ass, you know, sit down and just, you know, read Shakespeare or something. I don't know. Right. You're not going to sit there and watch Chuck Norris, uh, you know, <laughs> read the uh, be, be a part of the Great Gatsby. You know, <laughs> there's no reason for that. Yeah, it's it's almost like like he's an actor who doesn't make sense in this universe that he's in, right? At least in the role that he's in. Yeah. Which are which is one of two actual roles in the whole movie. Yeah, the, so. everyone else is like I think the probably the combined screen time between every other single character in this film might be four minutes, mm-hmm. four or five minutes tops. 
and and that's that's combining everyone. There really is it's it's the two of these guys, and, and most um, of that's the daughter that comes back in flashbacks. Yeah, and she's <laughs> fine. Yeah, for, for the short t- amount of time she's in there. Did did I? And I could be wrong, but did she have a crazy accent? I don't remember her having a crazy accent. That's the thing. It was only like Will Smith and Jaden, and then the like the uh, military officer at the academy had like a weird sort of their accent, but southern and white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he played uh, Pierce in the in uh, Twenty Four. Yeah, I forget the Uh-oh. actor's name. Anyway, so like, yeah, like everybody had it, but like for some reason, just Will and Jaden had it just super strong, and it, and it was weird. But yeah, and now okay, so let's um, uh, yeah, so their 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 ship gets torn apart, and he's got to make you know a, a several mile trip to uh, you know the other end of wherever the fuck they are, and um, and essentially he's got enough supplies and Will Smith has to talk him through this entire journey. And, um, well, I'll say this. I like the production design on a lot of things. A lot of things look kind of neat. Uh-huh. Um, but the special effects themselves are just terrible. Yeah. It's ex- it's poor execution. Great design work. Great like, design work. World, interesting ideas. The designed, uh, well, the technology is designed well. I think there's a sleekness to like this this imagined future that's very appealing, right? Even though I don't understand the um, apparently somehow there's something that has to do with Earth's atmosphere and being able to breathe. I think this is just something that they threw in for some fucking you know horseshit reason. I, I can't tell you why, but they he's like got to take these like essentially asthma inhalers like every under 24 hours to be able to breathe earth's air why that's unbreathable they never really make any sort of a reference to other than like oh earth's weather's now you know turns on a dime it can snow at you know any possible second the nights get ridiculously cold but he's got to get to these hot spots at night none of this shit makes any sense or you know has any real rhyme or reason to it why and you know i wish I wish we found out something about it. I mean, like at least in Oblivion, you know, you kind of know more or less why Earth ended up the way that it did. In this, you're just kind of like, well, you know, it, Earth died. There you go. Yeah, that's about it. And everything was it was trained. It's evolved to hunt human life. What does that even fucking mean, man? I'm- if they're all gone. Do they not in, then have any other natural predators? But then we see that they do in later scenes. I, I don't understand it, the logic in a lot of this, or lack of logic in this story. Yeah, it's, I don't know. You know what a big problem for me in, the, in this, and when, when thinking about it, is this movie, and, and, and we may end up doing like a film find five or something about this sometime soon, but there is a huge problem in Hollywood right now, and it's called budgets. Budgets are fucking astronomical right now, and for no fucking good reason, and and movies are just not making money. Studios are losing money ass over ass in, in today's yeah. economy and things, and it's because movie budgets are fucking out of control. Think yeah. about this. This movie, After Earth, cost $130 million to make. Yeah, now, that's the production. The yeah, production. That's not even counting PA or any of that sort of shit, which I'm sure is astronomical. It's, it's probably it's usually at least the that. same amount. Yeah. So you're probably looking at around uh who put this out? Was Sony? Yeah, I, I think so. Um 
two you're, you're looking at roughly let's just let's lowball let's lowball and say you're looking at two hundred million dollars to put this movie out, and it it made what this weekend six I, f- I fucking forget it's it's, yeah, it's low. a low number it's a low number for this time of year it made um uh, twenty seven and a half million. For yeah. a Will Smith science fiction film to open with $27.5 million is fucking pathetic. Yeah. There's no way. I don't think he's ever had a movie open this low. Not not in a while. No, not in a good, not in a good fucking not. while, especially a science. Like, it was one of those things. We talked about this back in February. This is a Will Smith movie and a Will Smith sci-fi movie. If this didn't do gangbusters, what the fuck? It doesn't make any sense, and it, and it just didn't. I don't know if word got out at the last minute that this was Shyamalan and this was kind of a thing, but I don't know. Now, I, I don't think this movie deserves maybe 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't think it's quite that bad, but... Uh, I do. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I, I, th- I think this movie is the worst thing to come out of Hollywood in at least a decade. Oh, I don't know if I go that far, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I, think, I, think it's, I think it is one of the worst things I've ever seen. Um, and I've seen a lot of terrible shit, but like, I, I, I think this is the worst movie to come out of Hollywood since Battlefield Earth. <laughs> now, but like I was saying, get back to budget real quick though. It's like, think about this movie and that how it cost $130 million for the production budget. Mm-hmm. Tell me that Robert Rodriguez couldn't have made this thing for 30 and it looked just slightly less good. Tell me that is yeah. not a fucking possibility that he could that well, it could have started think, someone else. I think he could have done it. I think he could have done it for that, and it looked just as good. Yeah, because because the like the the thing is like aside from Jaden, there's nothing on screen except for the fucking matted backgrounds. Yeah, right? there's so and you can tell they're matted backgrounds. That's what's right. so terrible. And it's that, like you can like what, go here's the horizon line. There's where the screen starts. And that's where and that's why I think that Rodriguez could do it and it would just look as good because you can tell. You can tell that the world is com- completely constructed and not well. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean budgets are budgets are terrible. You know, like studios they lose money on movies like this all the time actually, right? Like this is one of the bigger ones that is losing a lot of money. But most movies that have budgets over $100 million, they lose their money on until, uh, like, iTunes downloads and shit like that. Um, but they count on, like, summer tent poles. They're, they're, like, they're like one big film and they're one big film in, like around Christmas yeah. to make all of their money for the year. To, to the make pro- up for all the other garbage that they literally yeah. put out. The the problem with that model is that like that means most of their movies they're putting out are terrible, um, because people aren't going to see them, and they know like the ones the the they have this inverse relationship as well. Like they market the big movies to the point of saturation, whereas they might have a movie right. Like let's say let's say the internship mm-hmm. is is amazing. It's like the best comedy. Uh, to come out this year, last year, like two or three years, right? Since Bridesmaids. Let's just say since Bridesmaids okay. and, and everybody agrees that that's the thing, okay? They will still have spent less money marketing and making that film that is getting 
a shit ton of receipts at the box office than they did on this one movie after yeah. like like and 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 that's that's the norm and they don't get me wrong have, they've spent a lot of money with this internship advertising they've uh, yeah spent they, they've spent a lot but it but it's nowhere near what they spend on these big summer tent poles oh yeah like nowhere near it i would be i would be shocked if the internships marketing was let's say half of what after earth's marketing budget probably was probably it, um, at least that if maybe even a quarter yeah um i would be shocked if it were over 50% of what it is though yeah um and so so they spend all this money marketing this like overpriced crap that they don't need to spend any money on like people are going to go and see this if they're going to go and see it it's your big fucking movie yeah. you know it's it's like you don't need to release uh like Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers actually does a decent job marketing. Like they spill they spend a lot of money still uh for nothing um basically, but you know the, at least their campaigns are not saturation campaigns uh until like the absolute last minute. They give it that like push at the end. Mm-hmm. But like this movie, I mean since what March I've been seeing like just trailer after trailer and interview after interview and article after article. And then it was like, it was almost as if they intentionally kept the Shyamalan thing back from the press, like so that it wasn't out there so that it could be discovered. And then that would further fuel discussion of the movie in the press. And Um, we see where that left us. And it's just, I don't know, man, I get tired of like, like spend your money. Like, Fucking market Zodiac better in 2007. Oh my god, you know? Zodiac! Like, I, I, that was the best movie of 2007 that no one fucking saw. Yeah, like market that movie better. Shit, market No Country for Old Men better in 2007. You know, like do do anything that is like very small budget, yet has a wide appeal and lots of people would go see. But like, just market that shit, and you'll make your money on that. But you end up losing money on that because you dump all your money into this other shit and it loses the money anyway. Yeah, the budgets are are a big problem. And if you're gonna and if you, and if you're gonna get those budgets and like let's let's try to do something that's you know unique and original. I mean, like, I mean, now granted there there are certain de- very different um, circumstances for this to happen, but you know it's the whole Christopher Nolan thing. Christopher Nolan gave Warner Brothers. The Dark Knight or, uh, or uh, Batman Begins, yeah. and yeah. and then dark and so they were like, oh shit, okay, this guy is like he's giving us so much fucking money, and he turns around to them and says, hey, I want to do this, and they say, okay, you got it, and and they give him an ex- what what would normally be considered an exorbitant amount of money for a movie that you know no one knows fucking anything about, and then he goes out. And makes Inception, and not only do, does Warner Brothers take a giant risk on that, and then they get paid tenfold. Mm-hmm. That movie comes out, makes terrific box office money, and it's it's an example of shit that fucking works. Get people that have talent, give them stuff, and allow them to be able to do this kind of thing. And and that's certainly not the case here with After Earth. It just seems like. This was a vanity project for three people. Will Smith, and he wanted to show off the acting of his son, and it almost felt like this was almost an allegory to uh, analogous to 
to his relationship. Maybe it was maybe this seemed very much like a hey, you're not paying enough attention to your son by going off and doing all your big Hollywood movies. How about mm-hmm. you do a Hollywood movie with your son? And so right. I was like, okay, I've got this great story. Here's the thing. This is this vanity project for myself and my son, and this is really going to help uh, propel my son's uh, career and all this stuff. Oh, and we're going to bring in Night Shyamalan in here, who fucking everybody knows. Every, you know, so it's going to be, and I'm sure that's how it was initially pitched, is like we're going to attach M. Night Shyamalan's name to this, and the, the whole fucking thing you know, happened with let's hide his name because there's not so good in Hollywood right now. And that's just how it you know came off. And it seems like that's what this is. It's like, you know, there's not a really super original idea here. It's literally a go get that kind of mission. And it's, it sucks because there's something there that I, I, then that's, that's what, that's what gets me from making this a completely shit movie is that it's like, I, it feels like somewhere and this, it's almost more important that it is that is that somewhere deep inside there could have been a good movie here. Yeah. But there just but there wasn't, and so that's what it, gets it me started, from saying it's it the started worst piece with of the shit. decision that Jaden Smith needed to be this movie star. Yeah, it could have been like <laughs> could have been anyone. Like, it it could have been anyone, but it started with that. It started with the idea that Jaden Smith needed to be the star of this film, or that his character needed to be the main character of this film. If for whatever reason you had. Will Smith not get injured, yeah. right? You fi- you figuratively uh, and, and literally crippled him. And then and then do the same thing where they're just going through the jungle, but they're doing it together and there's like an actual dynamic between them. Um maybe they encounter some stuff where they actually get into like like some fights. Yeah, would have been cool. Um like it it could have been a completely different experience. Um that maybe would have been worth something. But at the same time, you look at it and you're like, how the fuck does this cost $130 million? Yeah. What did they do? Well, they really did nothing. They I, had I want, like four sets. Know, well, you know, Will Smith, pro, Will, 20 million of that's Will Smith. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to say that it's not what in was, his fucking budget. What was Jaden's cost? That like, that's the other thing. Question. Like, you know, what, yeah. How much did they pay him to be in this movie? Minimum five. Yeah. Minimum. Yeah, I mean, Will Smith was also, he was a producer as well, right? So Yeah, you get a story by credit, so there's some more bank right there. Yeah, I mean, I bet a How lot much of, of the $130 million dollars went into the Smith family funds? Yeah. That's a good question. How many, how many awful Willow Smith songs are we now going to have to hear because this movie was budgeted at $130 million? Thanks, motherfuckers. Thanks, Sony, or whoever the fuck put this out. <laughs> Thanks a lot. You've so, really uh, done it. You're, you're credit to humanity. Uh, I, I just, in closing, uh, like this movie is fucking terrible. Don't, don't like bother with it. Go watch men in black three, even like, just don't even fucking bother with this garbage. I am about to see something controversial. <laughs> you want everyone to go see it? I want everyone. To see, no, no, not quite. So. <laughs> <laughs> everyone tell your mother, tell your daughter, tell everybody, you know, no, um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna blanketly say this is not a good movie. I did not enjoy this movie. Uh I walked out, you know, feeling kind of cheated out of a movie that could have been really, really great. But uh I'm gonna go I will go as far as to say if uh if you're if you're like I am and you get these uh texts every now and then to get a free rental from Redbox, it's worth a free rental from Redbox. 
I'd say it's you know if if I don't know those yeah. come out once a month. I can't say wasted on that shit. <laughs> but just, I don't know if you really have nothing else better to do and you want to try it's to worth, decipher a foreign language that no one knows. Bay. It's worth a pirate bay visit. There you go. Like like we put do, in your three hours to don't pirating. <laughs> Put in your three hours for like your uh, torrenting fee. You know, like you know, like get get it get it from like the three shitty cedars that'll have it, and uh, go go from there. Yeah. Like I said, <laughs> yeah, it's not good. So, all right, everybody, that is our review of After Earth, uh, starring Will Smith, Jaden Smith, nobody else, and M Night Shyamalan's ego. Uh, <laughs> we didn't like it. It was not a good film. And uh, if you want to hear, uh, if you have thoughts on this film, if you hated it as much as we do, or if for some reason you were one of the crazy people out there in this world that loved one this 12%. movie, one of the 12% that thought this movie was good, for all, please email us at uh, thefilmfind at gmail.com and tell us why we are wrong. We would love to, we would love to, we will, we were not going to sit here and make fun of you, but we will take on all comers and we will ask you to explain yourself. Tell us why that you think this is. And, uh, you know, we will let your voice be heard here on our show. So that is our promise. And if you have any other comments, questions, suggestions, or anything else like that, feel free to email us at thefilmfind at gmail.com. And uh, let's see. Uh, go to the Facebook. The Facebook. Remember the Facebook? Is that what they call it? Is that what the kids call it these days? The Facebook. Yes. Yes. Good. <laughs> the the Facebook. The Maybe Facebook. In Atlanta, we say we say Fabo. Fabo. <laughs> that, that's actually true. Are you Fabo. shitting me? No. UrbanDictionary.com. If you look up Fabo, it's it's a it's an Atlanta specific. Uh, designation. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey, man, it's the dirty, dirty. The dirty, gotta, dirty. Gotta does make not, it all our own. Does never seem, <laughs> never fails to disappoint. Um. Yeah. So go go to the the Facebook. <laughs> go to Facebook dot com slash the film find. There you can like us on Facebook. And but if you just go to the film dot com, you'll find a link for that. The links to follow us on Twitter. And uh, to subscribe to the podcast. And if you're subscribing to the podcast, first of all, thank you very much for doing so. Second of all, do us a favor and go write another. Uh, we got one review up. Write another review for us. Tell us we're tell us we're great. Tell us we're fantastic or we're terrible. We don't care. Just write five stars in there. That's all we really give a shit about. But uh, do that, and uh, that would be very much appreciated by us. Oh, I wanted to get to this rank, and we're gonna jump back into after earth for half a second here but uh, i asked if anyone had any questions and we did get one question um from my brother of all people is will smith's oh, yeah. role in the movie the role he wants to play to cash checks off his kid yes <laughs> the answer to that is yes um but yeah so uh do all those things i, I wanted to make sure that we got to that question because i don't want to sit there and just be like hey you didn't fucking answer a question because uh, we, we answer questions, and that's why we have the thefilmfindatgmail.com. That's why we have the Facebook page, comments on the website, whatever you want to do. So uh, please do that. And also, we still have just a couple of days left and a lot more ticks to sell. So I, 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 we may not happen. This 2001 screening may not happen, people. So Spe- Speaking of which, we were, we were given that little uh, like shout-out, at least the screening was, from Creative Loafing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I do want to say that, like their film, the Charlotte Creative Loafing film critic Matt Brunson, mm-hmm. um, his After Earth review link on Rotten Tomatoes is actually really entertaining to me. I got to um, read. I haven't had a chance. I didn't so, read any uh, of the reviews just here, yet. Here's here's what he says. Uh, his little like Rotten Tomatoes blurb. Um, he gives the film one and a half uh, out of four. Um, but it's, uh, quote, a character notes that Earth is now overrun by all manner of frightening creatures, but those expecting the thrills of King Kong's Skull Island will be sorely let down. Heck, even those expecting the thrills of Vacation's Wally World will feel cheated. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> and I think that's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Oddly enough, though, one and a half stars is what I would give. The, well, not out of four. I'm out of five. So <laughs> I'm one and a half. I go on a five star scale. That's me. Um, but, you know, anywho. That's a piece of shit. Anywho, yes, uh, if you want to, if you want to maybe try to possibly help us, uh, thefilmfind.com, look on the left-hand side of the page, click buy tickets, that'll send you right to the website. And uh, if you don't do that, we're going to be a little sad, but we're going to try, we'll we'll try something else again another time, maybe, you know, maybe during kind of a lull or something, and uh, who knows. But uh, that's that. And that is, that is it, everybody. That is your episode of The Film Find this week. Uh, like I said earlier in the show, hopefully we're going to try to uh, put together a little a little show on the road, as it were, a uh, honeymoon uh, a honeymoon episode. Uh, me and Laura are going to try to watch a movie or two. I think we're going to do The Purge. I want to watch that and uh, might even try, if we have a little bit of time, to sneak in uh, The Interns. I, I, I like those two. I like them. I, I like yeah. Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson as a team. I think they're fun. Um. So we're going to do that, and then uh, then we'll kind of jump back into our regular film find uh, after all of that fun stuff has gone down. So um, that is it, everybody. Until next time, for Matt Smith, I'm Adam Portress. We'll see you. Immortal technique disintegrates mics when I spit. I cause more casualties than sunken slave ships. Full to capacity, I bring tragedy to rap without my man Gaddafi. The government took Nazi scientists from Germany to design nuclear rockets and ways of observing me. Cause their pathetic attempts didn't work to murder me. When this country was conceived, bastards never heard of me. But now I hold the souls of slave masters eternally. Bleeding internally, burgundy during surgery verbally. Cause I'm a spiritual witch. Devils are incompatible. I've been around since the planet was inhabitable i spit in the ocean created microscopic animals which evolved into two species the righteous and the cannibals but until then i had alien women suck me off when god said that there be light i turned it the fuck off and that's the reason earth is only five billion years old i made the sunshine and permitted time to unfold the surface was lava when i stepped down it became cold fuck what you've been told my spiritual form became a swarm of molecule sickness manifested liquid trapped inside a mountainous region until the sky started raining continuous seasons immortal technique and long last reincarnated undebatably reinstated to leave you decapitated just sweet fool but my crazy words make sense i split every pound in your body into sixpence i'm sick of simple similes about the sixth sense i leave your body drenched in the blood from all your ancestors you'll never be at peace like the souls of child molesters i'll cut you and bless your festering wounds with alcohol drown you in a clogged toilet in a public bathroom stall i'll rip you down take a chunk of you home like the berlin wall this is the final call for all rappers that want to brawl immortal technique the wrong motherfucker to diss cause I allowed God to let you motherfuckers exist <laughs> yeah, real. Oh, we about to crash something now yo 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 
I'm the stronghold on your neck that doesn't let you breathe. Stronger than the fake image of God in which you believe. More dangerous than your ignorant ass could ever perceive. A European virus mutated in Africa overseas. Transported by mosquitoes and fleas to where you live. So lock yourself in your house with your wife and your kids. You're such a bitch. Somebody probably made you out of a rib. My arrest record just scratches the surface of what I did. My bid locked me up and brought my life to an end. I was forgotten, abandoned by my bitches and friends. You don't want beef with people like me, so don't pretend. I'll resurrect your aborted baby and kill it again. You get no props in hip-hop like feminine men. I'm iller than any play God gave Moses to send. You want to make amends, because I'm the reason that the earth shakes. Burying your fam like Central American earthquakes. Immortal technique. Harlem to Canada. <laughs> Lyrically damage Te dije que se acabado la mierda. All right, that was a trailer for After Earth, the new movie. Oh, shit. Real fucking professional. Let's start that over. Been uh, been reading your thesis a little bit. Not too shabby. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> it's out there. It's for free. <laughs> We're, we should definitely get into, at some point, some of your different thoughts on this thing. But uh, I, it's like so far, it's it's very uh, it's very smart. It's very analytical. Very uh, very studious. But uh, yeah, I, I'm digging it, and I, I went and. Um, for anybody that uh, would want to do this, this is going to be kind of in the outtake section here. But uh, for anybody who wants to do that, uh, I'll, I'll have the link in the show notes. But um, w- what I just did is I took it, uh, downloaded the PDF, and then emailed it to my Kindle, and then just uh, and read and you know just converted it and, and, and reading it that way. So, but it's good stuff, my friend. I'm enjoying it. Well, th- thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad that it wasn't a complete waste of my last year <laughs> no no somebody's reading it so there you go okay. would it be so much more fun if m night Shyamalan talked in the like requisite uh indian accent the the kind of stereotypical shitty you know uh a poon hasapima petalon kind of voice wouldn't it be so much more worth you know, just having him in interviews well, yeah, I, I thought the movie was a lot better than a lot of people are giving it credit for. <laughs> and I do not like taking crap from you or anyone else in the media. This interview was over. I want that to happen. I wonder, do his parents talk like that? That's, oh, okay. We can ask. <laughs> ask him after we... He just takes the he just takes the hate, regular huh? Anglo voice away. Like once the cameras are off, he's like, uh, "Hi, I'm in Night Shyamalan, and this is uh, this is the movie I'm directing." And cut. You motherfuckers are always on my case. Always. <laughs> I will I will fuck you up, boy. Go over there and get get up. <laughs> That's the twist in the story. That's the twist. Shyamalan. It turns out that I'm really Indian. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck me? No, fuck, fuck you. Me? No, fuck you. That reminds me of that, uh, that great scene in um, Observe and Report where uh, Seth Rogen and, um, and Aziz Azari have the, the, the reverse <laughs> fuck you conversation. Holy shit, that's hilarious. Yeah, I love that movie. It's underrated. Very underrated. <laughs>